to Spiritual Crusade. I hope you guys have visited the website, spiritualcrusade.com for lots of goodness. It has um, help with lessons and talks. It has um, Come Follow Me help, whether we have a weekly challenge every week. We have a ponderizing scripture, which Craig gives an, Craig gives an amazing um, tutorial on that. And then we have this Book of Mormon study. And so today we're studying Helaman 7 through 12, which we're talking again about remembering the Lord. We talked about that last week. Helaman gave that great speech to his sons about remembering the Lord. Remember, remember, remember that the Savior is the foundation which we must build so that we can not fall apart with the storms hit and storms are hitting, right? We just had a huge hurricane hit the um, Louisiana and Texas border and up into Arkansas, which is where I'm at. But storms hit our lives every single day. We are bombarded with trials and temptations and just afflictions and they're just things. Everybody has something going on. It's so funny. If you look around you, you'll be shocked because almost every single person that you see is struggling from something. And it's hard to see because they might be smiling and laughing and jumping around, but there's a trial. Trials help us to grow stronger and to grow, to develop and to progress, but they are so hard to get through. So we have a savior who helps us in those storms. And as our country is struggling, we've got this pandemic going on. We have severe division in our country. We've got all kinds of rioting. It is just a scary time, a really scary time. And then even church, like for us here in Arkansas, church has not come back together yet. We are still studying at home. Thank goodness for Come Follow Me because my family is really loving the opportunity to grow together as a family. One thing I love in Helaman 7, and it stood out to me so strong that I went back to look at it. I was surprised that it wasn't quite as strong as Helaman, as, as far as like in the wording. But I read um, Helaman 7, 19, and it said, And behold, instead of gathering you, except you repent, behold, he shall scatter you forth, that ye shall become meat for dogs and wild beasts. And I understood the power of gathering. I've always known that gathering is important. But the opposite of gathering is scattering. Chaos, disorganization, kind of aloofness. We lose our foundation. We lose our um, direction, right? And so gathering is really an important part of our spiritual growth and of our ability to um, have the Savior in our lives. And so I really love that part of chapter 7 that talks about how it's the opposite. It kind of gives us an understanding of why we need to gather, why we need to go to church, especially for those of you who are really enjoying home church. So gathering is an important part. So uh, let's talk about 7.5, where it says, Condemning the righteous because of their righteousness, letting the guilty and the wicked go unpunished because of their money. As the gang and robbers take control, what happens? As they are able to come in with their flattering words and through their secret combinations and their secret um, identity, they really don't tell you what they're really about. In fact, they make like a cause and then they don't really tell you the underlining purpose. Like they, they touch our hearts with things that, that sound real to us or this, that, that sound endearing to us because they know that, we that people, as a general rule, have a softness and a love and a kindness about them. And then, and then the underlining purpose of, the, of what they're really trying to do is unknown. So that's something that's so hard. And last week we talked about how we have to have the Spirit of the Holy Ghost so that we can recognize those unknowns that they don't let us know so that we can for sure discern what's really going on so we can know how to make choices, whether it's voting or just making our own choice within our family, right? But when, when they start taking control, they don't care about the people. So usually they try to make it like the people are everything. Everything we care about is about the people. But then when they take power, they don't care about the people. In Helaman 6, you know, 39, and it says, unless they did obtain the sole management of the government, 
insomuch that they did trample under their feet and smite and rend and turn their backs upon the poor and the meek and the humble followers of God. So they didn't care about the righteous and they didn't care about the poor and they didn't care about the meek. They didn't care about all those people who helped bring them to power because they, through their deceit, was able to help, you know, get, convince them to help them gain their power. And then when they got it, all they cared about was money. And so we have to be really careful in our lives, whether we're talking about political or our own lives, that we know who, who we are focused on, who is our foundation, and it needs to be the savior. And also in Helaman 7, you know, Nephi, he's a prophet, and he loves the people. And these chapters really tell us how important it is to follow the prophet and how much he does love us. And I, I really appreciate when he talks about how, oh, if I could only be in the days of when my when, when Nephi first came from the, to the promised land, you know, when they left and came to Jerusalem. And the people were so easy to follow the Lord and they loved him and they wanted to do those things. And I could have had the joy that he had. But behold, it says in verse nine, I am consigned that these are my days and that my soul shall be filled with sorrow because of this wickedness of my brethren. And that's, a, that, that's the truth about anyone who is trying to lead a, anybody, a group in righteousness. Whether it's a parent trying to lead, ch ch lead children or a prophet trying to lead the world. Or a bishop or a stake president or a friend. We do. We feel that sorrow when they make those choices that are contrary to what the Lord wants. Because our hearts yearn for them to have that joy, that real lasting joy. Not temporary happiness, but real lasting joy and peace that we have through the gospel and through our savior. And so um, he was experiencing that and all the prophets do. President Nelson today, he experiences that same thing as he begs and pleads us to hear him, hear the savior, know him, build a relationship, develop a habit of personal revelation so that the Lord can guide you. He's begging us, read your scriptures, say your prayers, do the things you need to do so that you can be strong and so that you can discern truth from untruth, good from bad. Because the world is not going to tell you. The world is not going to tell you what's good and what's bad. No, they trample under their feet that that is good. They make good look evil and evil look good. So we have to be super duper careful. And in 716, it says, Yea, how could you have given way to the enticing of him who is seeking to hurl, hurl away your souls down to everlasting misery and endless woe? How could you do it? <laughs> How could you follow Satan? He's like, are you kidding me? Remember, remember, this is not new. He's been doing this since the beginning of time. He's the same one who enticed Eve to take up the fruit. He convinced Cain to kill his brother. He's a bad soul. <laughs> he doesn't care about us. He does, he, and so he's just whacking his head. And so what does he tell him to do? He tells him, he says, repent ye, repent ye. Nephi was a prophet, just like every other prophet that's lived from the beginning of time and still today. And what do all the prophets tell us to do? Repent. Repent because it aligns our will with the Lord. It's so important. It's not a negative thing. It's a positive thing. And the adversary is the only person who wants to tell us that it's negative. Repenting helps us to refocus. It helps us to look to the Lord and to live and to live righteously. And so it's a gift. Repentance is a greatest gift that we have. And um, in, in like, and Verse 22, it says, if you don't do these things, like if you're not going to follow the Lord, the Lord will not grant unto you strength. And I love that because I, I believe that we have a hard time seeing sometimes how much the Lord does strengthen us every single day. He's in the details of our lives. He loves us and he gives us strength. When his protection is removed from us, 
we can see the difference. Our country will see the difference when the Lord's protection is removed. The Lord gives us strength as we follow him. And the Nephites were falling away. The Lamanites were actually more righteous than Nephites. In fact, in um, 24, it says, Behold, it's over, it says, It shall be better for the Lamanites than for you. This is in 23. It shall be better for you than the Lamanite. It shall be better for the Lamanites than you, except ye shall repent. 24, For behold, they are more righteous than you, for they have not sinned against the greater knowledge. Where much is given, much is expected. We know the Lord. We love the Lord. Once you've been taught and you've had those experiences where he's touched you in your, in your soul and that you have had opportunities to feel him in your life, then he expects you to follow him. You know the difference between right and wrong. And so therefore, it, the, the responsibility is heavy upon us. But it's, a, it's light. The gospel's light in weight and it's light in brightness. It brings joy and peace and it's not hard to follow. Only when you're struggling, only when you're giving into Satan's temptations do we feel a heaviness, right? So we just need to recognize who is trying to bombard us and who is on our side and saying it's not on our side. And then in 24, it says, Yea, ye have received, therefore the Lord will be merciful unto them. Yea, he will lengthen out their days and increase their seed. Lengthen out their days. I have thought about this a lot. Everybody is seeking more time. We all want more time. How do you get it? Everyone has exactly the same amount of hours in a day, the same days in a week, the same weeks in a month, the same months in a year. How does the Lord lengthen our time? And then I realized it's because when we follow him, you have more time. He is somebody who supports work, not idleness, work. He's someone who promotes service and moving forward. And so therefore, when we are doing these things, when we are serving and we are working, we are gonna accomplish so much more in our day. But when we're doing things that are distracting, social media, video games, there's a lot of things. We, it's always shocking, even just searching the internet, it is so shocking how much time is wasted. So he lengthens our, our day by when we serve him, we will find that so much more is accomplished. We will be so much more productive with the time that we have been allotted. And in 29, and this is something we need to remember with when we're following the prophet, to recognize that these things have been told by the Lord and they know it. They will testify till the day they die, the day they die that the Lord is guiding them. And he says, I know these things, but behold, I know that these things are true because the Lord God has made them known unto me. Therefore, I testify that they shall be. They have been called to call us to repentance, called to help us so that we can return home. So as we follow them, we will be blessed, we'll be strengthened, and we'll be fortified. And then in chapter 8, 25, it talks about how our treasure needs to be in things that are heavenly, not things of this world, things that last for eternity. But behold, ye have rejected the truth and rebelled against your holy God, even at this time, instead of laying up yourselves treasure in heaven, when nothing doth corrupt and when nothing can come which is unclean, ye are heaping upon yourselves wrath against the day of judgment. He's begging them to listen. He's trying everything he's, he can to say, listen, I am trying to tell you what the Lord needs you to do. You're willing to listen to prophets of past, but you're not willing to listen to a prophet today. We see that in today's world, right? Where people can believe in Moses and Abraham, but they have a hard time believing that there could be a prophet today. Why would the Lord not guide us today as much as he guided us, right, in the past? He loves us as much as he loved the people 3,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago. Well, these people are having the same problem. They're having a hard time. And really the issue is they love their lifestyle. They like what they're doing and they don't want change. Change is always hard for anybody to accept. It's just difficult. We own our own business and even in that, if you change one little thing, 
people have a hard time wanting to accept change. They want to do things the way they're doing it. And it actually makes them kind of angry at times. So people are getting upset. So when Nephi, he even tells them about who um, murdered the chief judge. And he, he, he was able to tell them all the details. Well, when they went and found who murdered the chief judge, you know, that the chief judge was actually murdered, they were like, oh, well, he must have done it. He knew all the details. Instead of accepting it as a revelation from a prophet, they wanted to do anything they could to condemn him, right? But um, he then talks about Moses and he says, listen, when Moses raised the staff or the serpent and said, look, and you can be saved or you can be healed, so many people didn't want to look because it was too easy. The Lord's way is not difficult, it's easy. But we don't want to do the easy things. The, and easy works. He's pure, his words are pure, his ways, you know, read your scriptures, say your prayers, follow the prophet. It's so easy, it's almost too easy. We were like, well, we want more. It has to be more complicated than this. So sometimes it's hard to just follow the things that the Lord's asked us to do. And also in verse 8, 19, and 20, it talks about all of the prophets that have been and how um, prophets are real and they're here to help us. And now I would that ye should know that even since the days of Abraham, there have been many prophets that have testified these things. Yea, behold, the prophet Enos did testify boldly for which he was slain. And behold, also Zenic and also Ezra and Isaiah and Jeremiah. Jeremiah being that same prophet who testified of the destruction of Jer Jerusalem. And now we know that Jerusalem was destroyed according to the words of Jer Jeremiah. Oh, then why not the Son of God come according to his prophecy? He's trying so hard to get these people excited about Christ and that he's here and that he's coming and they just don't want to believe it. It's just too much to believe. It's too easy to believe that Christ is going to come. So just as much as he says, repent, repent. In 921 he says, Oh, ye fools, ye uncircumcised our heart, ye blind and ye stiff-necked people. Do you know how long the Lord God, your God, will suffer you that you shall go on in this way of your sin? He's like, do not listen. You have to open your eyes and your ears to the Lord. You've got to try to see what he's at telling you to see. It's okay if he's asking you to change. It's okay if he's asking you to do something different. Don't justify your actions. Just change and do the things you know deep inside that you need to do. I feel like we all know deep inside. And sometimes we want to fight that feeling or we don't want to make the change or we're afraid to um, maybe go, maybe change the way that we once viewed things. I don't really know what it is, but there's something that on, on our outside that prohibits us from doing what we want in the inside or doing what we know we need to do on the inside. And so somehow we have to break that cycle and do it. Just do what you know you need to do. Listen to the Lord. Follow him. He's guiding us and he loves us. And we don't have to justify it. We don't have to give in to the things that Satan wants us to do. Satan wants to divide his people. In 10, 1, he says, And it came to pass that there arose a division among the people. That's what we see. We see, the, we see Satan dividing everybody. There's marriages being broken up, you know, divorces. And churches are, are dividing and separating. And our country is dividing and separating. And when we're not together, when we're not gathered, we're not united in one, it just doesn't flow right. We don't have the right chemistry to allow the Lord to strengthen us fully, but we're split. And that's the same way we talked about this last week. We can't have, be one foot into Babylon and one foot in Zion. We can't be following the Lord and following Satan. 
within ourselves, we have to be one in what we know is true and we have to be united in that and we have to do the things that we know we need to do, even if it's hard, even if it goes against the things that maybe we feel like we really enjoy or we want to do or we've been doing all along. We have to be willing to change. We have to be willing to look to the Lord and live. We have to be willing to look at the serpent so that we can be healed. And I love this promise to Nephi that the Lord gives. Now, granted, he's a prophet, but this same promise is for us as we um, follow the Lord with all of with, with our whole heart, mind, mind, and soul. And in, in a way, we get unweary from just the heaviness of the world that is constantly screaming at us, right? And so in 10.5, he says, And now because thou hast done this with such unweariness, Behold, I will bless thee forever, and I will make thee mighty in word and in deed, in faith and in works, yet even that all things shall be done unto thee according to thy word, for thou shalt not ask that which is contrary to my will. I do love that part, and that part is something that is a little bit probably different for us than even like when the Lord calls a prophet, because once he calls a prophet, I feel like they've proven to the Lord that they are going to follow him and do his, and, you know, and let him lead them. And let, and they're not, like he says, they're not going to ask contrary to his will. And so I think that's the same with us. Like that's kind of a goal we can, we can strive for to live our lives to where we seek to do the Lord's will. And that's that we want our will to be the same as his. And that's where repentance comes in is that that aligns our will with his. And so I feel like that's, that's an important goal to reach for. And in 11.7, it says, And the people saw that they were about to perish by famine, and they began to remember the Lord their God, and they began to remember the words of Nephi. So they just refused to follow the things that Nephi was asking them to do. And so eventually there was a famine in the land, and the famine brought people to their knees. And how often is that true, that we remember the Lord during difficult times in our lives, and then when things get good, we forget him. And then when it gets hard, we're back on our knees, we're begging for help, we're wanting to do everything we can to follow him. And then he blesses us, and then we forget him. We find ourselves not on our knees as often. We find ourselves not crying out to him in the car ride, or we find ourselves not in our scriptures as often because the ease of life made us forget him. And so he's so easy to forget. It's so sad, and yet he does so much for us. And even when we forget him, he's still in the details of our lives. He's, he's always there trying to help us, to remember him, and to guide us, and to lead us. And the Holy Ghost is constantly prompting us and nudging us. And we have that deep inner feeling within us that's saying, you know, do this, or come on, you've got this, you can do it. And sometimes we fight that because Satan wants to constantly distract and deceive and um, delude us away from those things that the Lord is desperately seeking to help us with. And so there was a famine and it brought the people to their knees. And so we know that trials and tribulations and afflictions bring us to our knees. They help us. They help us grow closer to the Lord. If we can recognize them as that, if we can recognize them as gifts, then they're easier to endure. If we can then think to ourselves, what do I need to learn through this trial? What am I? What can I learn that's going to help me to grow closer to the Lord? It's going to help me to progress even through the eternities. We're learning the mysteries of heaven through the trials and tribulations we have because we. one of the blessings of earth life is it helps us to understand happiness because we get to know sadness and we get to know um, peace because we get to know uneasiness, right? So we get to know the opposites of things because life earth life is hard and then in eleven sixteen, oh now O lord wilt thou turn away thy anger and try again if they will serve thee and if so O lord thou canst bless them according to thy words which thou hast said 
So Nephi is pleading with the Lord as the people are humbled and they want the famine to be lifted. And so they're begging Nephi like, okay, we love the Lord. We want to follow you. We're sorry. They're repenting. They're humble. They're probably back on their knees reading the scriptures and doing the things that, they've, that, they, that the Lord's asked them to do. And so Nephi goes to the Lord and he says, okay, can, we lift, can the famine be lifted? We, the Lord, people love you and we need um, them to have a chance, another chance. The Lord always gives us another chance because that's what repentance does. Repentance gives us opportunity to be reteachable, and he wants his people to progress. He wants his people to have joy and happiness. He wants us to have prosperity. He wants us to have all these things as long as we can use them for the good of ourselves and for him. Anything that's for the Lord is for us. So he wants us to use the things he gives us so that we can progress here, and then we can progress eternally. So it's, it's an ongoing thing. Earth life here is but a small, a small moment in our big span of existence. We pre-mortally pre existed, then we have earth life and we're gonna exist after. This is a small stepping stone. It's a small moment. So everything we, we learn and grow here, we get to take with us. It's actually amazing. And the Lord wants us to understand that. Just like parents want their children to utilize the things that they are giving them and helping them and teaching them so that they can have a better life, right? So you you know, go to school, your education, the hard work, learning how to cook meals and take care of a house, all those things that we teach them that they just want to drag their feet on because it's so hard by their teenagers and young people, they can use that when they then have their own household and they can use those things so that they can have an ease or easiness of life and they already know that so then they can expand upon them they can take so take the things that we teach them and then they can grow even greater because they can already know them so then their their knowledge will expand greater during during that period of time as an adult right and that's how we are here on earth we are learning and growing and the things we learn and grow we can take with us and eternal will be able to expand upon them rather than having to start back and learn those things right so it's so exciting because the Lord always gives us opportunity to repent. We always have a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance and a fifth chance. And that's why he's constantly humbling us and trying. And he will, he will renew and restore everything. And all his promises are sure. So he says, can, you, can they humble themselves and, be, and they're repented? Can the promises that you, you know, previously have promised them if they would not, if they repent, can they have those promises? The Lord always will restore his promises to us. Sometimes it looks a little different when we self-inflict iniquity in our lives and things have to be changed all the way through. So it might take a little more time, but all things can be restored. And that's one of my favorite things about the restoration of the gospel is just the proof of the fact that the Lord restores everything. Even his gospel was restored. It wasn't changed or fixed or rebuilt, you know, like came from nothing. It was restored. It was restored as it was when Christ was here. And we will be restored as we turn to the Lord. He will restore us to our perfect frame, right? Of mind, soul, and body. And, um, and then in 12.1, the Lord in his great infinite goodness does bless and prosper those who put their trust in him. We can know that he will bless us and we can put our trust in him. He is the ultimate coach and the ultimate leader. He is the ultimate person to guide us. He has all knowledge, all understanding, all mercy. He comprehends everything. There's nothing that we don't, we have to question whether he will know what to do. When we put our will in line with his will, then we can rest assured that things will go as they need to so that we can have the greatest amount of growth and the greatest amount of progress. 
And two says, yea, may, yea, we may see at the very time when he doth prosper his people, yea, in the increase of their fields and their flocks and their herds and their gold and their silver, and in all manner of precious things of every kind, and not sparing their lives and delivering them out of the hands of their enemies, softening the hearts of their enemies that they should not declare war against them, yea, and in fine, doing all things for the welfare and happiness of his people, yea, then is the time that they do harden their hearts and do forget the Lord their God and do trample under their feet, the Holy One, yea, and this because of their ease and their exceeding great prosperity. So we need to be careful because this is this, this is the cycle of life. It's maybe called the pride cycle or humility cycle. Call it what you want. It is the cycle of life where you go through this pride, then you get the trial, then you're humble, then you remember God, then he gives you prosperity, and then you forget God, and then you have to go through a trial, and then you have to, right? So it's this constant cycle. So somehow we have to try our hardest to stop the cycle and just remember the Lord our God. And then 12, 22, for this cause that men might be saved, have repentance been declared. Repentance is a gift. Let's remember the Lord and repent. And then in 26, they that have done good shall have everlasting life. That's pretty simple. <laughs> Do good and you get everlasting life. <laughs> So let's work on and remembering the Lord our God, even during really good times, and putting our trust in Him to know that He will guide and lead us perfectly. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye.